We're going to just quickly have a little Bible study on walking in the light. We're in 1 John chapter 1. And this, this is a verse I come back to regularly for my own sanity and safety. But I've also been re-inspired to revisit this because I have a, a friend who was testifying that there's been some major freedom come into his life through the daily habit of walking in the light with people. And um, does anybody ever find it hard to change? Anybody ever find it hard to get free of some stuff? Have you been confessing it daily? Probably not. Eh? Same with me. And so we're going to work through this scripture, and then I'm going to uh, kind of launch an initiative. I, I have on my desire that, on my heart, that any person who wants to change have access to a daily confession WhatsApp group. A small one, not a hundred people, but a little platoon of brothers or sisters who are daily checking in about whatever they feel called to change about. So I got convicted about this, and maybe a month ago, I started one with some brothers where every single day I check in about something. Um, Anybody find that they're on the screen a bit too much, on their handheld screen a bit too much after the Rona? It's like one of the, 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 uh, the collateral damages is that, you know, I haven't caught a cold, but I'm a major screen addict like I've never been before. And so I'm just like, this isn't good and this isn't helping me. So I invited, well, sorry, I forced a few brothers into a group because you don't invite people to WhatsApp. You put their number in and then they're there or the, and then they can have that awkward moment of rejecting you in front of family and friends and breaking your heart, not being a Christian by leaving your group. So this is one of the best, you know, super grandmother guilt trip ways of getting people involved in your life. And I just get on there. I just get on there and give an update, sometimes a little victory, often not a victory in the things I'm working on. But just really inspired that that daily confession, daily check-in, daily walking in the light really does have power to change in ways that wishing things were different doesn't do. So, let's read the very words of God. This is the Apostle John with some brothers writing to one of his churches. He says, And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So I want to tackle this passage by looking at something strange right off the bat. All right? This is is my MO sometimes. I like to find something that doesn't make sense, and then that's the message as I work through this. And one of the things that's a little bit weird about this passage is when it starts near the beginning there, and it says that God is light. What does that make you think of when you hear the phrase, God is light? This is the conundrum for me. 
God is a spirit, which means he's invisible. He can be everywhere, including here, and you can't see him. He's invisible. Is light invisible? No, that's, what the, that's why it's light. You can see it. You can, you know, a little, if you talk about the electromagnetic spectrum stuff a little bit, you can go down to the low end and then you're in the infrared, which you can't see anymore. You can go to the high end and then you're in the ultraviolet, which you can't see anymore. But the whole point of light is that you can see it. But you can't see God. Because he's a spirit and he's invisible. Are you confused? Or, or at least, like, huh? You can give me a huh? Or, or hmm? You can give me a hmm? Okay, there, we're on the same page. This is my entry point into this passage. The reality is that God is an eternal spirit, invisible. And his holy word says that he is light, and in him there is no darkness. So let's unpack this from this angle of what does it mean for God to be light when he's invisible. And I have a few ideas. The first one is that when Scripture says God is light, it means that he is true and truthful. He's the truth. And you can see that in my passage. Where it says, if we walk in the light with him, as he, sorry, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the what? The truth. So truth is one of the dynamics of light here that the scripture is talking about. God is light. If you know him, you're walking in the truth. So light means truth here. Light means honesty. Light means faithfulness. Light means True facts. Light means true. God is the truth. And I like how it talks about practicing the truth. Because if something's true, it should work, right? Right? So I had a little fun time with light this week. Um, Don't be jealous. So... Tenth commandment, recall this, the tenth commandment to your mind. I own a 2007 Chevy Aveo. Guard your hearts, guard your hearts. One of the things about the Aveo, it's an utter tank. And by that I mean it can approach near 100% rust hood and still turn over in negative 30. This thing is a beast. Anyhow, one of the things that it is not invulnerable about is that it can blow a light. And so one of the light filaments or whatever it is, Kelsey, don't make too many faces. You're going to shake my confidence here, Cecilia. One of the light filaments went on my car. And so it became a pirate, right? It became one of these one-eyed things. And what I noticed when we realized we, did, we were, had one of our lights out, Ellie and I were driving around in the dark a few evenings, and I think Ellie was feeling like, nobody drives around with only one light, but as soon as you only have one light in your car, you notice what? All the other people that only have one light. And then you're looking at these other one-lighted 
things coming at you on the street, and you're like, is it a motorcycle? Is it, what is this thing? All of a sudden, when there's only one light bulb, you have no idea what's coming at you on the road, and you don't know if you can kind of hug the center line a little bit because it's a motorcycle, or if that's going to mean you're going to have a head-on collision because he only sees your far light, and you only see his far light, and so you think you can come into the middle of it, and you're all dead because you're missing some light, and so you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the truth is. And so I tried to fix this thing on my own because it's one of the only things about a vehicle I have any experience successfully fixing. And it was really funny because I'm in my garage and I've got my head underneath the hood and I can't see where you're supposed to pull the light out. Because the light's broken and there's no lights under the hood and so you don't know what's going on. And I was just learning yesterday that if you don't have a light, you don't know what's happening. You don't know the truth. Well, long story short, I managed to get the new filament in and it works and I only had to break the casing a little bit in order to fix it. So that's a success for me, you know. The plastic was old, so it just tore out of there really easily. It's wonderful. But this is the call to walking in the light. is to become more and more truthful, more and more honest, more and more real, because God is real. And he's the truth. And when he talks, he never lies. He only ever tells the truth. And so we as his children and as believers have this call to keep growing in the truth and walking in the truth and confessing the truth. And where this hits us, does anybody here like to uh, hide? Anybody? I sure do. Especially when I make mistakes sometimes. And when we learn to walk in the light by telling the truth, one of the first truths we're confessing is that God knows everything. God knows everything about us. Every single day of our lives, he knows every single thought we've ever had, every single feeling we've ever felt, everything that we've done or happened to us. With perfect recall and perfect clarity, he knows everything. And so when we take steps into the truth, we're confessing, hey God, you already know everything. When I tell the truth, I'm telling you something you already know. And then we come closer to him. The second dynamic of light that I see in here is that light purifies. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Light leads to cleansing. Light leads to purifying. I was watching one of those awesome Discovery Channel, Learning Network shows, and it was all about the dairy industry in the Middle Ages. Anybody excited yet? How medieval people made butter. Are you hungry yet? And one of the things they were saying about it is that, you know, when you're dealing with dairy stuff and you're in the Middle Ages, so this is before antibiotics, this is before pasteurization, Louis Pasteur, developing techniques to reduce uh, bacteria counts in milk and make it safer to drink. 
in the Middle Ages, you're dealing with something that can kill you when you're handling dairy products because it can get bad, there can be bacterial infections, you can kill people. And they're working with equipment that was mostly made out of wood, like old-school butter churns and stuff like this. So this was not sanitary land. Even just the word Middle Ages usually just reminds us of things like bloodletting and leeches and getting cut in battle and dying of infection over the next month and stuff like that. There was this one guy who thought he was a doctor and his king got stabbed in an assassination attempt and he thought to himself, well, if there's a hole in you, you should just need to put some extra flesh in there to fill in the hole. And so this doctor guy took some pig intestines that he had cleaned with water and a stick and shoved the pig intestines into the hole inside of his king and he was healed. No, no, he just suffered from this massive infection and died. They didn't know what they were doing in many ways. But one thing they did know is that if you left your butter-making equipment out in the sun, it didn't grow mold. The sunlight kills bacteria. Light purifies. You can hook an ultraviolet emitter up to your water intake in your house with some like glass tubing and it will purify the water going into your house. Light can purify. That's also why when something dies, it breaks down. But for healthy things, it will, it will take away stuff that harms you. Light does that. And one of the weird things about being a Christian is that it does turn the world a little bit upside down. Walking in the light, confessing what's going on, being honest with struggles, admitting your sins, should destroy, right? Because we love strength and we love success, so when you admit you're weak and when you admit you have problems, that should destroy things. However, in the universe that is ruled over by Jesus Christ... Confession of sin and admitting of weakness and saying there's a problem actually purifies the people who, do, who admit it. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is what I'm trying to say here. Has anybody ever bled on a white t-shirt before? Yeah. Does it make it cleaner? No. Has anybody here ever had major dental work where you had some wisdom teeth pulled out and swallowed a bunch of blood during the surgery and then taken painkillers that made you sick so that you emptied your stomach contents out onto the couch? Anybody? Okay. It doesn't look cleaner with all that blood on there. But in the kingdom of God, there is one person's blood that when it gets on something, it gets purer. And that's the blood of Jesus. And we welcome it by faith. We say, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, and I confess specifically a sin I would like for him to have died for. And by confessing it to God, he says, I don't count this sin against you. And not only that, I purify you from this sin. I I let the strength that that sin had over you get weaker. I set you freer from it. And where you thought you were going to lose fellowship, 
I'm going to make your fellowship better. One of the things about the kingdom of God is that the more honest we are, it can bind us together. Which leads me to my third point, which is that walking in the light makes you healthier. It speaks about health. Take two people. Put one of them in a basement for a month. Give them some books, but black out the windows. Give them a computer, but don't let them outside during the day. Take another person. Send them off to Mexico, someplace with a nice beach, and force them to go out every single day for walks, or some sunbathing, or for swims, they can put on the UV protection lotion and all that stuff so they're not going to lobsterize themselves. But after a month, one person sitting in the basement, the other person getting out in the sunshine, who's going to be healthier? Who's getting all that vitamin D? Who's probably going to be happier? Who's probably going to feel really depressed? Who's going to look like a corpse Right? Getting out in the light is healthy. We just know that. In the same way, because God is light, when we get into him, we actually do get healthier. He promises us that as we walk in the light, which means knowing the truth and confessing the truth and being purified by the truth and being purified by telling the truth, we get healthier. The first and more, most healthy thing we get is fellowship with God. Do you feel like God loves you and that you love him back? Don't put up your hand. You're probably keeping pretty short accounts with your sins and struggles, with God and with other people. Not 100% true, because there's trials and there's problems. Do you feel really distant from God? Do you wonder if he's there? Do you feel like a failure in the kingdom? Maybe go back and ask the question, do I have a secret? A secret doubt, a secret sin, a secret hurt. Do I have a secret and I'm standing in the darkness? Oh, I had that moment where I want to read a psalm and I'm not sure which one it is. Fortunately, I opened up to the psalms. Pray for me now. We could be here a while. Psalm 32, David is, I'll just start at the beginning. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. We as believers are meant to feel that blessing. Blessed is a man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. 
This was David's experience. Verse 3, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as in summer heat. I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And he goes on from there. But David is literally confessing in this thing, I had a secret, and because of this secret, I felt like I was dying. I went and confessed to the Lord, and he forgave me. My fellowship with him came back. My fellowship with others came back. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I'm going to keep this short, if that's okay. I have a bottle here of amoxicillin. This is what they give you if you have an infection. It's the liquid version because it was for our son who can't really chew stuff. I don't know how it tastes. Should I chug it right now? Just kidding. I think it's past usefulness. It says on the label, take three times daily for 10 days. According to science, trust the science. I am the science. According to science... If you have an infection, you need to take this stuff. Not just one big four-gallon pail of it and call yourself better. You're supposed to take it three times a day for ten days. What if you feel better after five days? What are you supposed to do? You keep doing it. Because you don't want to feel better. You want to kill that problem. Amen? You, do you have an infection? Three times daily for ten days. Until you're really, really, really better, better, better. Christian, do you have a sin problem? Do you have something you can't get free of? Do you have a freedom issue? Three times daily. For a long time. Amen? And this is weird, because don't, don't we sometimes just want to like be like, I'm better, and then go back to our old habits? I am inspired by a brother who has experienced tons of freedom because of daily checking ins. I'm not saying he's perfect. I don't even know. But what I do know is that if you have something in the kingdom of God that you know you're called by God to change in, three times daily for 10 days is a good start. Not just once. Three times daily, that's a good start. If we're really serious, if we really want to change. Right now, I'm just like, I'm sending my brother screenshots. <laughs> There's this wonderful thing, screen time. It, tells, it like confesses your sins to you if you're trying to get off your phone because apparently it tracks everything you do. But I'm sure the government's not getting a hold of this and I'm sure Apple's going to be perfectly righteous with all of this data. I'm sending them the report. Because I want to be free. Three times daily for ten days. Three times daily for twice as long as you think you need it. The power of walking in the light. Okay? So, 
This is where my administration breaks down a bit. Because I think a lot of the church ladies, the ladies, the sisters in the church, you already have some good networks of connection. You may not be utilizing them as much as you need to. Most guys are isolated and insulated. Amen? And we only start walking in the light when the other option is literal death. True? You only go see the doctor <laughs> if you ever go. After the rash has spread into your eyeballs. You know what you know what I'm talking about? Any any other guys? It's just a flesh wound. Yeah, but there's a bone coming out. I can push it back in. Look, there's a grinding sound. But when I wake up after passing out, it's okay. If there's anything that God has brought up in your conscience while we've been talking. I want to help connect you with a small band of brothers who will help you walk daily in walking in the light about this. I think the hour's getting short. I think the time we've put up with stuff has already been too long. You can contact me, Rob, at the Calvary website. I've got a few leaders already, and by leaders, I just mean people who will post every single day and ask other people to as well. And all you need to do is get on there and say, hey, this is the thing I'm working on. This is how it's going. Pray for me. And let the power of God's word and his Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus begin to do the work. And you know what you'll find? You'll start learning about the depths of your soul and you'll start seeing clearer what's really going on and you'll start feeling pure and you'll start getting addicted to feeling pure. Does anybody here feel, feel addiction to God's purity yet? It feels so good to be free. It feels so good to be pure. It feels so good when your conscience is clear. It feels so good. Right? It's like that movement when you're trying to get off of drinking Coke for every single meal into water. There's a time when you can't imagine living without Coke. Because there's so much sugar in there. There's so much sugar in there, they have to melt the sugar in acid and then dilute the acid with water because it's, you just, there's so much sugar in there. But then there becomes a time when you want the water. Because the water feels good all day, not just for the first 10 minutes. Okay, I'm done. Father God, would you help us? There is so much power in simple obedience to what you call us to do. The power of the light. And Father, you know I have wasted weeks and months and years not fighting with the weapons of righteousness that you've given us. Regular exposure to light, to sin and weakness. And Lord, I confess with my brother that regular exposure of the truth is powerful in the kingdom of God. And I pray that all of us here would lay hold of you and lay hold of each other. And Lord, if what I'm trying to engineer here isn't the best thing you have for us, may you provide something better. But I do pray, Lord, that we would start becoming the kingdom afresh in this lightness thing. And that we would fellowship with you in it. I just don't want anybody to be robbed of the sweetness of the fellowship of God. In Jesus' name, amen.